previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Wisconsin wins the, the vaunted Duke's Mayo Bowl, 48-28. <laughs> and, and then the celebration afterwards, uh, they dropped it. It's one of those crystal trophies in the shape of a football. They dropped it, and it smashed into a thousand pieces. They later claimed to have fixed it by attaching a... Um, a tub of Duke's mayonnaise on top of the base of the trophy, but but yeah. Well, this is what I was going to ask. Did Still they, twenty-eight ounces. Yeah, did they did they coat the thing in mayonnaise so that nobody could have held it? Well, you got yourself a salad now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, glass salad. Yeah. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So that was the first time I'd ever heard of Duke's mayonnaise. I don't. I, I didn't know of it at all. I know what Hellman's is, and I just assumed all mayonnaise was Hellman's. And then, as Michael knows, because you were here, I was looking through the pantry, and we have an unopened jar. God knows if it's expired or not. But we <laughs> have. you never know. Yeah, we have an unopened jar of Duke's m- mayonnaise, and and you had some theory as to how it was different than Hellman's. I, I think it's a little thicker in consistency. I, Hellman's might have a bit of a lemon taste to it, but there's huge regional allegiances when it comes to these mayonnaise. Next next level is going to be when you try out the blue plate. That's apparently the real stuff. Blue plate mayonnaise? Blue plate, ma- blue p- plate mayonnaise, according to one Chan Hardwick. Okay, so I don't, I mean, I used to use mayonnaise a lot, and now I don't. I rarely use it at all anymore. But you'd always make that sort of fake Thousand Island dressing, right? I would make fake Thousand Island dressing with mayonnaise and ketchup and Worcestershire sauce and pepper and stuff like that. No pickle relish? No, I don't like pickle relish. And then I used to use mayonnaise. The only way that I eat tuna fish, for people who are wondering, and I don't imagine there's anybody actually wondering, but the only way that I eat tuna fish (laughs) is I have tuna not in oil, only in water, um, only the albacore tuna in water. Solid, not chunk. Solid, not chunk. I take it out and I use red wine vinegar, pepper, and a little bit of mayonnaise and, and to hold the thing together. But my much just a splash of the just a splash of the red wine vinegar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Much as I feel uh antipathy towards ketchup, like I am not a ketchup eater at all. And plus, people who do use ketchup, I don't usually like them. I mean, if I like them beforehand, I wonder about my judgment. Like your nephew. Yes. Well, he's not my He's my cousin's Cousin. son. My cousin's son, Seth, who is brilliant otherwise and, and, you know, absolutely brilliant. Yale Law School, right? Didn't go to Yale Law School? Among others. Yeah. He went to, he went to Princeton and then Yale Law School. He's a totally brilliant kid. But, but his problem, as far as I understood it, is when he came over to the house, he, he didn't taste the food. He seasoned the food before tasting it. He he dropped oodles of ketchup on whatever was put in front of him before tasting the food. This do you, you recall no, that? I do. And that bothered a, me. As a cook, one of the one of the biggest pet peeves is when someone starts just sprinkling salt. Now it's one thing if I'm putting out a flaky salt as a finishing touch to say some sliced off the bone steak, go for it. Right. But if your first nod is to the ketchup in the fridge, yeah, yeah. Now, certain foods require the ketchup. Well, not to me. I'm not a I'm not a ketchup eater. Don't put ketchup on anything. I recoil in horror and anger from ketchup. That's just me, and I understand that's very weird. People don't do that. I I prefer mustard to ketchup, but I've stopped using mustard and ketchup and mayonnaise. I've stopped using all of those things, and I don't even know why. But I've stopped eating. I mean, I've simply stopped eating. So I'll make that's you not my, a good I'll, prescription. I will make you my homemade honey mustard. 
okay. with the Duke's mayonnaise. Oh, so you use the Duke's mayonnaise some, and some Dijon. So you you use the Duke's mayonnaise. Vinegar. Yes. Did you? How did we get it here? Did Carol. You, she got it for when it's it's unopened again. And my house, and this is I think the case for people who are old. It is altogether possible that something unopened was bought, not even in the 2000s. It's possible. <laughs> it's, it's possible. I don't even like to look at the expiration date because it's just too frightening most the, of the, the time. The top shelf is unusable in that fridge. Just, yeah, it's been they've it's gone. Been here for a long time. All right, so let's, um, so yesterday, I don't know where you live, but where I live, yesterday was a dank and dreary and damp day. It was the day you could not go outside. You couldn't do anything. Great day for two kids under four. Yeah, to to be a lot of there. screen time. <laughs> yeah, so I think that it's one of those days where you just say, "Okay, I'm committed now. I'm committed to Red Zone. Red Zone's last day for the year. Seven or plus hours of uninterrupted football, and then after the Red Zone, and the Red Zone ended very late last night because the Raiders game, which had a spectacular ending, it really did." The Raiders game went on till about 9.30 at night. It just, just went on forever. So you folded right into uh, the Washington-Philadelphia game. And for reasons unknown to me, I was under – this is true. This is true. Well, most everything I say is true. But this is also true. For reasons unknown to me, I thought the game was in Washington. I don't know why I thought this, but I, I was proceeding under the assumption, even as I watched the game, that the game was in Washington. And so... Did you try to text Al? No, and so people who know me well will know exactly how I felt. I said, this game's in Washington, and neither Al nor Michelle <laughs> got in touch with me? Like, they, they didn't even want to say hello, neither Al nor Michelle? And, and at some point, um, I think it was when Jalen Hurts got the second touchdown, and they went up 14-10 in the second quarter... The second quarter, right? Yeah, they start playing yeah. Fly Eagles Fly. No, but what Al says, you know, Al gives the score and says at the link. And I go, God, Al's lost it. It's over for Al. Al <laughs> thinks this is at the link. And it, and, and it was me. It was me who was stupid. And, and of course, Michelle and Al didn't text me or call me or ask to see me because they were, you know, 100 miles from here. I had it wrong so you, all along. You didn't hear what Al kept on going, oh, I wonder what they're thinking 45 miles up the turnpike as, you know, they got down 10 nothing and then they come back. Yeah, no, it did, that didn't, the number didn't register. as a gambler. Right, the number didn't register on me that he was talking about. I knew he was talking about the Giants, but I just figured, eh, you know, yeah, what he means is 90, you know, 90 miles. Yeah, yeah, so it didn't. Same difference. Yeah, so, so that was crazy. So, but anyway, so I missed the end of the game because I just fell asleep, although I woke up at 2 and have not been back to sleep since. I missed the end of the game. And apparently, reading Barry's Verluga today in the post, he just excoriates Doug Peterson. He crushes him for taking Jalen Hurts out in a meaningful game. If, you're, if your league has any integrity at all, the path to the playoffs has to be met with resistance from the opposition. It, it just has to be. And Doug Peterson put in Nate Sudfeld, who used to be on the practice squad in Washington. He's been around the league six, seven, eight years, and then justified at the end saying he was trying to win. He wanted to get the guy some Quick reps. Interception. You know, didn't he turn it over snap, twice? Snap off yes. the knee, yeah. Right, he yes, turned right. it over twice. And, and so is Doug Peterson going to be reprimanded? Is he going to be fined? Is the league going to look at this? Because you have what Carson Wentz just decided, I'm not playing anymore for this team ever, no matter what, you have to trade Inactive. me. 
Yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to play because he's embarrassed. I he's think humiliated. after last night, you're going to see another quarterback who refuses to play there. Who? Hurts. Oh, uh, Hurts. The ISO just, shots of him. What are you the, doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, you're trying to see if Jalen Hurts has an NFL arm. You're trying to see if he can lead that squad. And you put in this other guy and say you want to get him some reps in in game 16 when you're eliminated from the playoffs and your fierce hated rivals in you know are trying to get into the playoffs and you don't go all out to win. Am I wrong on no, this? It, it shows you who the true rival is, which is they would do anything the Giants. to keep the Giants out. Well, or the Cowboys. Right, the Cowboys but you look won. at the one team in the division that has success in this century and you're really thinking about the Giants going through that path of, say, a wild card team or someone under the radar, someone who had... They've done that twice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying WFT has that, but they have more of that. And, and you think about the, the ethos of the Philly fan. They would love to play spoiler. And frankly, you saw that in Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry... The one guy that was putting points up on the board was the guy that was scrambling into the end zone for you. And so it comes down to that. It's early in the fourth quarter. It's fourth and goal. A long four yards. If you look at the replay, he underthrows that out pass to the corner. But that's not really the point. He's getting pressured. And and you want to say, if you're actually playing to win the game and you have held WFT to that few of they're not going to score points. many points. Kick a field goal. Kick the field goal. Kick a field, Kick goal. The field goal. So it, look, yep. it doesn't look, am I right on this? Nigel, you saw it. It doesn't look like Doug Peterson's trying to win the game. It certainly doesn't all. look like he's playing the game with the integrity demanded or should be demanded by the league. Because the winner, if Washington wins, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. You, I, don't, I don't understand. And by the way, the day was great. There were like 10 great games. There were <laughs> really so many great endings. Even endings like the, the like I said, games that didn't even matter. Like the Denver uh, Raiders game had a great ending. Well, even the Buffalo. Houston had a great ending. Buffalo killed them. Buffalo just buried Miami. And even though that was a large spread, you would, you would ask yourself after a while, is Tua good enough to play in this league? Does he have the arm to play in this league? That's what you always ask for a quarterback. And most of the tutelage of Peterson. Check it out. Most of these games were really, really good. Tennessee they Houston were. comes down to the end. Uh, you know, I, I to me they were really good. The Rams put in a guy I never heard of him. I never heard of this guy. He was a financial analyst until yesterday, and then he was the starting quarterback of the Rams. And the winner of that game, Arizona and the Rams, are, is going to go to the playoffs. Do you think they would have put Nate Sudfeld? I don't think so. <laughs> So, I mean, may, maybe I'm overreacting. It's possible. And maybe this is far too local a story. But it just seems to me that, that the league ought to issue some sort of policy guideline. I mean, you do have – you have legalized gambling now. Well, Gambling's it, a real – gambling, the biggest sport for gambling is football. The biggest sport. It becomes tough when you look at and say a, a losing team – a team with a losing record is going to host the most interesting team of the year. And frankly, they That's don't right. care what they're going to put in because it's all going to be on Tom and Tom as they give him the primetime 8.30 start next Saturday. Yeah, no, that's everybody wants to see Tom Brady. And you know what? They want to see Tom Brady against a real good rush. Can Tom Brady function against a real good rush in cold weather? He hasn't been in any cold weather all year. So that, that makes that game very interesting. Now, Tampa should be favored. Of course, oh, yes. they should be favored. Yeah, but that's, favored that by, uh, is it. Seven and a half. Yeah, that's an interesting game. I think that'll be bet down a little bit. I do. Because sure, the, Chase, the, yeah, I'm sorry, Chase Young, yeah, he could, he could really cause havoc. I mean, anytime Brady is lost. You take Brady out. You take Brady yeah. out early. Uh, yeah. Brady's going to be throwing it into the turf early. Yeah. You know, and what was the one similarity between those Giants wins? Four-man rush. Yep. Four-man rush right up the middle. 
you know, blowing away the offensive line. So that's, yeah. Now, do you think Al's going to stay on the East Coast? I don't know, but they are going to be here. Yeah. Do you think Al and Michelle might say hello? I'm sort of hoping. <laughs> just even after the game, just if they text it, say, sorry, we couldn't say hello earlier, but we were in town. I really, I was so, I don't know how I thought that it was in Washington. They're doing flyovers of the Schuylkill. Well, yes, they. I did notice that. I noticed that they were doing a lot of shots of Philadelphia. Yeah, the Potomac looks more serpentine which I, than normal. Which I wondered about. I was saying, why, I did say to myself, why are they doing this? I was not... <laughs> I was not inclined to believe as in Washington. I was totally committed to the notion that it was in Washington. Because you can't really tell from looking at the stands. There's nobody in the stands. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So I had that so abysmally wrong. Not the first time. Not the last. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back. Michael Wilbon will join us from his car in Arizona. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FitBod ad, and it wants me to share how my fitness routine changed towards the end of 2020. More time between workouts, pushed less compared to earlier in the year, got busy and set aside exercising for a bit. I'm not going to deal with that. I am going to deal with this, that every single year when, when news programs talk about the top five New Year's resolutions, the surge. it's always in the top, not even the top five, in the top three is always going to be healthier, going to exercise more. And so if you belong to a gym in January, that gym is more crowded than it has ever been. By April, it's winnowed out. It's no big deal. But if you, if you want to have your own personal exercise regimen, that's where FitBod comes in. Nigel, you do this, right? You do this, that's, FitBod? Yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic, particularly right now when maybe a lot of people not comfortable going back to the gym or not able sure. to go back to the gym. This gives you the exercises, like what level you want to be, what you're looking to do, and it gives you videos, how to do the exercises. It just walks you through everything. It really is like having a, a personal trainer on your phone for you. It's just terrific. And does it, does it work? I mean, does it feel like you get stronger? Does it feel like you get you know better because of this? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, it definitely works. Yeah, you, you feel you really feel great um, with these workouts again, because you can pick and choose. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to push myself to this. This is the type of workout I want to do. And it walks you through yeah. everything. All right. FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks uh, your best. Oh, see, let me try that again. FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone, not your best looks but looks different for everyone. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body experience and environment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize results. No equipment, no worries. FitBod has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. Super easy to use. As Nigel says, even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. Personalized training can be tough on the budget. FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. If you sign up now through the end of February, you'll get 25% off your membership. Get your body out of hibernation and start off the year stronger than ever with FitBot. Get a 25% off deal on your membership when you sign up now through the end of February at FitBot.me slash Tony. That's 25% off your membership at FitBot.me slash Tony. And as we always urge, use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Wow, this sounds like Don Henley. 
This sounds like the beginning of the end of the innocence, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. It really does. Uh, Glenn and Alan sent this in, and they are the band, and this is a cool name, Norwegian Soft Kitten. Norwegian <laughs> Soft Kitten. I like that. Recently released their first album, Sunshine on Lava. This is Sunshine on Lava. This is an instrumental. Am I correct on this, Nigel? Yes, you are correct on this one, yes. This is an instrumental, and this is going to play in Michael Wilbon, who's in his car in Arizona. And we have a lot to talk about, but let us start with uh, Wilbon's alma mater, uh, Northwestern, winning uh, the, was it the Outback Bowl? You were in the Outback Bowl, right, in Orlando? No, Citrus Bowl, Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl, okay, the Citrus Bowl. Um, You made a great stop. At the top of the fourth quarter, then you added two touchdowns. This this must be a just a wonderful, memorable season for Northwestern football. Yes, Tony. Um, and despite you know the college football season was just it, it wasn't as satisfying as it normally is. It couldn't be. Nothing is. Nothing in the world is. Right. But yes, in in context, it's an incredible time for us to to have the seat, the start we had, you know, the, whatever it was, five or six, Oh, lost to Michigan state, which was eh, you know, that was sort of a, a downer, but even to play, we played Ohio state a hell of a lot better than Clemson. That's yes, you sure. did. Yes, you did. Um, and, and we played their all American quarterback a lot better than Clemson and Dabo big mouth Sweeney. So I, you know, I, I got such satisfaction out of that. Um, and the whole season, yeah, for us to be in the Big Ten championship game for the second time in three years, to 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 be the SEC school, and I know that I, I know Auburn's had its issues, and Auburn did have some yeah. great, you know, yeah. typical Auburn year, and Auburn is probably the SEC school SEC school I like the most because of my friendship forever with Charles Barkley, and I've been to Auburn a few times, and, and just you know, it's 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 the SEC school I root for the most easily. Um, so, so there's that, you know, involved as well. I realize what Auburn's been through this year, but yeah, for us to have this season beat Auburn in a bowl game, I think it's our fourth consecutive bowl victory. I think, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a hell of a time. And in in real time, Tony, we've dropped a couple now as a ranked team and the big 10 is insane because 10 teams are ranked. 10 teams are ranked. I think as of this morning or as of last night. And we got sort of creased by Michigan in Ann Arbor and basketball. Oh, this is basketball. You're talking about basketball. Yeah. We started the Big Ten basketball season 3-0, and and we're ranked, still ranked at the moment. That won't be the case later today. Let me get to the defensive coordinator. They made a big deal about this, a defensive coordinator my age. Yeah, so he was retiring. And and this is what I'm going to say now. People need to understand how amazing this is. This guy has been part in his career as a coach of 400 victories. College football didn't play 12, 13, 14 games. College football used to play 9, 10 games. That means you, yeah. have, to get, you have to get 10 games a year for 40 years or 50 years. you got to get at least eight wins. That's an unbelievable number of victories to be associated with, is it not? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and he... As a player, must have had some because he played for Bo Schembechler. Yeah. Um, and it's 50, it's in his case, it's 51 years, I think. You know, a, 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 you know, a professional football life, not, not in terms of NFL, but this man coached yeah. for 50 plus years. And people, I'm not going to claim to really know him uh, well at all, Tony, but he, he is loved 
you know, in that and many uh, and, and other programs for what he's done, how he's done it, how he's conducted himself, where he's been. And so this was, yeah, it was a celebration of, of Coach Hankowitz as well as the whole program. And now we got to try to hold on to our coach. We have to so try let's to get hold to on that. to Pat Fitzgerald as the NFL yeah, that was, comes after him. That was, uh, they, they spoke about that. Whoever was doing the game talked about that, that Pat Fitzgerald is going to have offers from the NFL, not necessarily the Bears because we think that Nagy is going to keep his job because even though they lost, they're in the playoffs, but offers from NFL teams. What is your thought about that? I know you want to keep him. Does he want, he's a local kid. Does he want to yeah. stay? If it was the Bears, he'd have to go. But if it's not the Bears, he doesn't have to. Well, Tony, let me say this. He certainly doesn't want to leave. This is not like a lot of places where they're looking at one to fire you after you go 34 and 18 or whatever <sighs> that happened to Texas. Texas. This is not that Texas. program. And it's and and like you said, this is his alma mater and his home. Yeah. And so, you know, he's not, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's not, not looking to leave, and he loves his job. But Tony, pro football has something that even pro football teams are even are richer even than a private school that's one of the, what, we have one of the 10 or 12 largest endowments in the United States and Northwestern. So we're, we're a rich school by any measure. Yep. And I'm not going to speak for what everybody else wants to do, even though I am a trustee and may be involved on some level, will be involved on some level uh, with the discussions that ensue. But, you know, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars that are transformative wealth to any football coach, any college football coach. And we've seen people leave colleges for the NFL just because the money is like what you, you 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 don't just say no to the kind of money that some college football coaches are being offered now which can be between I don't know 50 and 75 million dollars because your contract is guaranteed so I don't know what is going to happen I certainly think I, I certainly believe that pro football teams and more than one of them will put in a call to area code 847 which is Evanston Illinois like sometimes starting about who knows, maybe now, certainly this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, let's get to your pro team, the Bears. They lost to the Packers. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers, as I've been telling you for close to two months, is the MVP, and he proved it. Oh, he he is, proves yeah. it every single yeah. week. He's the MVP. Yeah. Um, the, the Packers are better than the Bears, but the Bears made the yep. playoffs, and yet you were angry yesterday. When we were talking, you, it, it didn't, you didn't care that they made the playoffs. You were still angry at the coach and the quarterback. Yeah, because they're not good enough. I, I Tony, I wanna, you didn't see the opening montage, and you, there's no reason for you to leading into the Bears-Packers game, in which it showed these great clips of Lombardi and Hallis. And there's a story that a Packer tells. I think it was Paul Horning that a Packer, a great Packer, Hall of Fame Packer, he talks about George Hallis calling up Vince Lombardi one day and just say, Vince, and he says, Vince or Vinny, you better be ready because we're going to kick your ass. That that, That. that, come on, man. That's what this is. What I grew up with, and the Packers were better, you know, in the years that I was, you know, learning football in the '60s, and the Bears were better for about ten or twelve years. They crushed the Packers all the time, and this goes back and forth. And that's what it's supposed to be. It was it's 202 games, and the record's like 98 and 104. Okay, so that's pretty damn even. 
It ain't even now because Rodgers is like 22-5 and five or something like that against the Bears. If it's the Bears, that, you know, don't tell me that yesterday was some sort of triumph. I don't want to hear that. It wasn't. They got they back to the playoffs. They're a game better than the Washington football team in the, in the East division that everybody's been talking about all season as being trash. They're a game right. better, and they're not better. The Bears couldn't beat the Washington football team right now. They couldn't, and that is good. So, so, you know, I want to have a better football team and a better football experience than this. This is, this is, this is defeating and it's awful. And losing to the Packers, you just become their, their boy. I mean, it's like, come on, man. So you got – yesterday had so many great games and so many great endings because a lot of stuff it's – not, it's not usual that so many playoffs spots are on the line. And there were so many yesterday. What is there anything that you took away? Is there any particular team that you liked or you didn't like where you said, boy, that that was really good? There had to be a few things. Not really. Well, we've got to remember, I mean, this is an extra, there's an extra team in the playoffs as well. So that's that right. put more that's right. spots into play. So I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not overly impressed with that. I'm impressed with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I think the Buffalo Bills can, could, and may beat the Kansas City Chiefs if they face them. I believe that. Um, I also believe there was somebody else in the AFC. Who else am I impressed with? In the, oh, Baltimore. 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 Baltimore and yeah. Buffalo can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I know people have crowned them, to quote the late, great former Wildcat coach Dennis Green. I'm not crowning them. And, of course, I'm always impressed with Kansas City. Yes. But I think they can, I think they can lose it. I'm not going to get a root against Buffalo if Buffalo plays them, or I'm not, and I'm not going to root against Baltimore if Baltimore plays them. I would like to see both those games if that's somehow possible. Um, yeah, so ba- that, Baltimore that's what I came away with. Baltimore is interesting because Lamar Jackson has had particularly bad playoff games. If yep, he has a to, good playoff game, that. that's right. If he has a good playoff game, they are perhaps unbeatable. I mean, I really mean that. I, I just, I just yeah. think that they are yeah. scary. Yeah. In the NFC, and I have no idea how this, how this will work, but in the NFC, you think to yourself, well, okay, maybe it will be Green Bay, New Orleans. Carville, who was on the show the other day, finally for the first time in months, Carville said Michael Thomas will be back for the playoffs. Drew Brees, and I, I, you must be as amazed as I am, he looks not the worse for wear with punctured lung and all these broken ribs. They look pretty good, and Michael Thomas makes them a lot better. And they didn't have Kamara yesterday. They didn't have well, him. I, mean, I don't know what Kamara's situation is going to be. Right. I mean, of course, the NFL put them on Sunday. If the game was on, yeah, Saturday, to give him a chance. What I can, t- he wouldn't even. He couldn't to play. Be allowed to be in the game. That's so, right. That's right. You know, so I knew that game was going to be Sunday, and that's going to get that's a big eyeballs game. And I, and I hate to say yeah. this nationally, but not not for New Orleans, but the but the Bears in New Orleans have played several times in the playoffs with a Chicago native coaching the Saints. Sean Payton, people may or may not know, is a Chicago boy. Eastern and, Illinois um, also, yeah. Eastern Illinois, that's right, he and Romo. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I, Tony, I'm not sold on, on, on New Orleans. I'm not. Uh, and it's interesting, the Bears in New Orleans played back when the Bears were playing better, and they, that game went to overtime. So I think that game was in Chicago. And, and do I think there's a home field advantage? Yes, there is. It's not, it's not what it usually is because New Orleans has a massive home field advantage. New Orleans, yes. Seattle, you know, there are a few Kansas teams like City. that. Kansas yes. City. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, I, I don't think, I don't see New Orleans that way. 
Um, I think this is the Packers tournament to win or lose, but the Packers could struggle if they can beat Seattle, if that game comes about. So I think there, I don't, I'm not crowning anybody and I don't think there's a wildly prohibitive favorite going into this, this tournament of the Super Bowl. You have been rough on a couple of quarterbacks for a long period of time. One of whom is Baker Mayfield. What did yeah. you think of Baker Mayfield yesterday, you know, down the stretch? Not, not much. I mean, the, the Steelers, really? No, they, I, they, wait a minute though, but the overall answer is different than you think. I'm okay, very impressed ahead. with Baker Mayfield this year, this season. And, and, and really I was impressed with Baker Mayfield at the end of last season. He seems to be, he seems to understand that he had to conduct himself differently, which would be a lesson that you hope a certain Washingtonian would learn having been cut since you and I talked most recently. You have yeah. to live differently. You have to conduct yourself differently. And Baker Mayfield was as big a knucklehead, bigger knucklehead. Baker Mayfield was seen on camera running from police. All right? So, you know, my criticism of Baker Mayfield wasn't hyper, some hypersensitive criticism. Baker Mayfield, at a young age, and he absolutely earned and seems to now deserve second chances with his career and his personal life, had behaved like a fool. So let's not get re- – I don't mean you're doing this, but I don't want to hear anybody get revisionist on Baker Mayfield. And he wasn't worth a damn as a player for a couple of years. That that nar- narrative, as we say now, he changed. It didn't change. He changed it. So I am impressed with Baker Mayfield over the course of this season, the way he has conducted himself, the way he plays. His agent, whoever that is, is brilliant to to coordinate and help usher in these commercials about Maker Mayfield. They're make good. him seem downright charming. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield was churlish. He was churlish all last season and the season before that too. And he has changed the narrative about his life through his play and his conduct. I don't give a damn about yesterday because I'm not sure what the Steelers are doing. It didn't matter. But 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 bravo for Baker Mayfield for what he's done the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. I just thought that at the end of the game, he was he was making runs. You know, he was putting his body on the well, line. Well, I mean, yeah, was, but again, you know, Pittsburgh, I don't know. what You know, I, I don't Yeah, I, I don't go crazy right. over these week 16 games because everybody doesn't have the same incentive. But who's the other quarterback you said I was tough on? Um, oh, oh uh, Carson Wentz, who deserves uh, everything Carson that Wentz. you throw can at I him. Just, can yeah. I just say a word about Carson Wentz? One word. Carson Wentz now behaves like a bum. That's and right. I'm so happy to see Philadelphia lose. And Doug Peterson, to me, I understand he doesn't really owe the Giants anything because the Giants, mm-hmm. had, Giants are terrible. Giants had chances. All Giants, the Giants, you know, I don't give a damn about the Giants. But I, you know, I tend to just hate most things about Philly anyway because the Doug Peterson personality seems pervasive in a lot of ways. Sorry to my close friends like Dwayne McKnight, one of my closest friends who's a Philly native and in anguish right now. To hell with Philly. To hell with the Eagles. And throw Doug Peterson. I at least throw him under two or three buses if I can. And Carson Wentz. Are you kidding? I would like a trade. Please. And all, and all and so many people in our network started the football season with, they trashed the guy because they didn't have Carson Wentz being one of the top 100 players in the league now. 
Carson Wentz, get out of town. He is as big a jerk right now as anybody in pro football. Get out, please. Let deliver me from Carson F. Wentz. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We will be on the show later on PTI. I'm Tony Gordon. We will, uh, uh, Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated when we return. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Brooklyn and Ed. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklyn and has you covered. Brooklyn and I bought Brooklyn and. Okay, I have spent my own they money. They sent a very nice gift to your wife. Yeah, I've spent my own money to buy stuff. I bought comforters. I bought sheets. I bought towels. I can hardly endorse um, Brooklyn, and I can't. Now you have the Brooklyn and puzzle. Yeah, they sent a puzzle to Carol and a candle. She's very excited for the. She candle. lit the candle two or three times. I'm not a candle guy either. I'm not, you know, I'm not a ketchup guy or a candle guy. If you invited me over to your house and lit candles and served ketchup, I would just simply walk out of your house. So Brooklyn was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company that worked directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. They have a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and your linen. And it's more than sheets. They've got comforters. We bought one. Pillows, towels, bottom, even loungewear and more. It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to start the new year. To help you do that, Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com, use the promo code Tony K Show to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B R O O K L I N E N.com. Enter the promo code Tony K Show to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com, use the code. Tony K Show at checkout. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Again, this is Glenn and Allen, who are Norwegian soft kitten. <laughs> I wonder, but they're not, Nigel, they're not from Norway, right? I mean, I they're don't not believe themselves. They are. They're not themselves Norwegian like that band Aha. Weren't they Norwegian? Aha. Uh-huh. Norwegian or Finnish. I'll have to check on that. Something. Well, they were finished. They were finished. That song stunk. <laughs> this is called Ohio Dreams from Norwegian Soft Kitten. You can get their stuff at Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. You know, Norwegian Soft Kitten. And they play in Pat 40 from Sports Illustrated. And we didn't do this with Wilbon. I wanted to save it. I wanted to save it for Pat because college football and college basketball are what he does. So we had a few days ago, and it gets lost, of course, in, in, the, in the NFL. Everything gets lost in the NFL, in the prop wash of the NFL. But we had the semifinals. Uh, Notre Dame was beaten convincingly by Alabama. And surprisingly to me, because I have to say, Pat, that I bought the argument that Ohio State had only played six games, and who knew if they were any good? They pounded Clemson. They stuck it right down Dabo Sweeney's big mouth. Um, and I wondered, it surprised me. Uh, it, it did. I mean, I didn't understand why Dabo went out of his way to say, I voted them 11th. I mean, I don't understand why people do that. Just, you know, just play the game. And Dabo Sweeney is one of those guys, as is Mike Leach, as is uh, the mullet 
at Oklahoma State who think that because they're successful at being football coaches, they get to make national policy. You know, I mean, I don't really get it. Um, I, I don't get it. What did you think of that game? First of all, I believe AHA is Norwegian, so excellent recall on your part. Good. Uh, good, good. Secondly, I believe Dabo Sweeney is a buffoon at times, uh, and <laughs> that showed, and boy, yeah, did it come back to, uh, to bite him in a big way. In that game, uh, I was I was very surprised myself. I, we just hadn't seen Ohio State play at that level at all. No, know, all season. No. Uh, you know, and you know it had been a short season, but still, it just there was, especially the last time we saw them again when they were wheezing past Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. Yes, you know, that, and that Fields was terrible. Oh, he was terrible. So oh. to just absolutely blow them off the field like that was uh, remarkable. Uh, Clemson flopped big time defensively, especially, uh, and, and offensively just couldn't keep pace, but yeah, you know what? Dabo, uh, has a unique ability to take like a small controversy and make it bigger. <laughs> you know, like he, he can just talk himself into more trouble the more he speaks. And that's what he did with like with voting him 11th. First of all, yeah. Why would you do that? You know who wouldn't do that? Nick Saban. Nick Saban would not, you know, he would not vote a team that he may end up playing 11th, knowing that that poll was going to be public and turn into a big rallying cry. Uh, well, let me tell you so- what Nick Saban did, and I, I totally endorse this. Dabo Sweeney voted schools from other conferences ahead of Ohio State, ahead of them. Nick Saban voted A&M in his conference number four, because it's in his conference, and that's what you're supposed to do. He didn't vote Ohio State number 11 because he's not that stupid. He says a lot of things that people don't like, but it's rare that you can say he's stupid, and Dabo Sweeney was stupid, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Sure. You know, I mean, there's a reason why the bulletin board material even exists, because it works. It gets people fired up, and you you create something there, a motivational edge that you didn't have to create. Uh, And he did that, and then, yeah, talked about it for like – he went. I listened to his press conference after the rankings came out there, and he talked about it for six straight minutes. It's like, you know, again, just let me just pour a little more gasoline on the fire I set on myself. And, uh, you know, he just – he again, he does have that ability – Dabo's an interesting guy because when he first hit the scene, he's got a very interesting, compelling personal life story. He was this very open, welcoming guy, folksy, charming. But the more you're around him, the more you're like, oh, this guy's good. He's got some weird ideas. And he, he does have that, that, that kind of know-it-all persona now. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I win 80% of my football games, I'm an expert on everything. Doesn't work out that yeah. way. Alabama seemed to be toying like a cat and a mouse with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's slow, and they throw short. And pretty early on, you saw that they had no chance to win. They covered. They covered late, which kills a lot of people <laughs> because it's a backdoor cover. But, but Alabama, this is the one thing I would say. Ohio State shredded Clemson's defense. Alabama's defense is bad to begin with. Do you give Ohio State a real chance now? Because I think I do. Yeah, I mean, I I do. I think this is going to be a shootout 
And it, it could come down to, you know, who has the ball last with a possession with a chance to win. Uh, I, I think it's entirely possible. I, I think this is going to be a lot of points scored because I think both defenses are very susceptible. Um, Ohio State's defense is not very good either. Really, I, both of them, you know, if you want to kind of get more granular about it, have or don't have great safety play, uh, and neither of them have like a super elite pass rusher. You know, Ohio State had that run of the Bosa's and – Chase Young, and they don't have somebody like that now. And Alabama, this Alabama team said, you know, a million people who could rush the passer. They don't have they don't have a real terror on the edge this time around. So I, I think if, if Fields is is healthy and can stay healthy for the full game, uh, he can have a, another big game with great receivers. And uh, and I think Alabama is going to go up and down the field as well on Ohio State. And the running backs are both outstanding. No, they're really good. Oh, sure. Sermon and Najee Harris, right? That's his name. They're really good. They're really good. Um, I wanted to get to the Heisman. Kyle Trask threw himself out of the Heisman, you know, with three interceptions in the first quarter in his bowl game. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great, but he had 400 yards, and he's he's the best player in college football over a a three-year period. Uh, Devontae Smith is enormous impact, absolutely enormous impact. I think the guy who gets lost is actually Mac Jones, and you're old enough for this comparison. To me, he's Bart Starr. I mean, he's mm. just really so solid and professional back there and makes all the right choices. And it's not, you know, he's not flashy, but they win all the time. Who do you think wins the Heisman, and what do you think of those, that group of four? Uh, yeah, interesting. You know, the, the the votes were all in before the bowl game, so... Oh, uh, it's too bad. Yes. Yeah, right. So, I mean, Trask could win. I don't think he will. Um, right. You know, I expect it's probably going to be Lawrence or Devontae Smith, um, who, you know, I mean, I, look, Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football. Certainly, if you're looking at it from an evaluation standpoint, and if you're looking at it for career accomplishments... Uh, he's he's the guy. But if you look at it for who had the most outstanding season, Devontae Smith's numbers are incredible. Um, yeah. And then Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones may break the single-season pass efficiency record, and I, I like the comparison to Bart Starr. He does not screw up. He's thrown four interceptions all year. Uh, I thought there were several times against Notre Dame where instead of trying to make – a play where he's throwing a deep one downfield, he would say, no, I'm just not going to do it just in case and would throw it somewhere else. And that, to a degree, was almost where they were toying with them, as you alluded to. It was like, we know we are better than them and we can score, yeah. so let's just, let's just you know, keep it basic. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a really good Heisman group. I, I, Devontae Smith, I, I have a bit of a soft spot for, first of all, it would be nice to see somebody other than a quarterback or a running back win for the first time since mm-hmm. Desmond Howard in 1991. Um, and he's just, he's this quiet guy who is incredibly popular with his teammates and with the coaches you talk to, they just rave about him. He stayed in school an extra year. He could have gone pro and it's just worked out brilliantly for him. And he's just so good at route running. His hands are great. Uh, he's a smart player. He's a tough guy. He's not very big. Um, so, you know, I've I've been happy to see his success. Small town, Louisiana kid, very kind of humble guy. By the way, it's a total joke to have called that game the Rose Bowl. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not the Rose Bowl. It's just not the Rose Bowl. Stop. I mean, do you think we're that stupid? Anyway, let me move on to something else. And I, I, am, I want to say I'm aghast at this, aghast and agape, but I shouldn't be because 
Texas is one of those schools like Nebraska, like Michigan, like maybe USC used to be, if not now, that just feels it's in their Florida State, in their birthright to be national champions all the time. They fired Tom Herman, which was a stunner to me, but more of a stunner. They hired Steve Sarkeesian. The last time Steve Sarkeesian was in the news, it was because he was drunk at his own practice at USC, if I'm not mistaken. And then he was rehabilitated to some degree by Nick Saban. And that does matter. Nick Saban blesses you. That really does matter. But it is, to me, an astonishing turn of events. But I'm, I'm on the outside. You're on the inside on this. You cover this. Is it astonishing to you? Yeah, I was stunned. I really was, especially because, uh, you know, Texas brought back Herman, kind of. I mean, they, at least they said they retained him, yeah. you know, December 12th. And the whole thing, uh, you know, I mean, this is the, the most cynical, you know, lock, lack of perspective college sports thing of, of really maybe them all of the last several months. And that's saying something because there's been a lot of them. But to pay $24 million to buy out Herman and his staff and then – you know, the $20 million at least it will take to hire Sarkeesian and his staff, probably 30 when all is said and done. At a time like this, when Chris Del Conte on September 1st laid off 35 people in the Texas Athletic Department, left another 35 jobs unfilled, asked rank-and-file workers to take pay cuts, it's, it's insulting, it's obnoxious, it's a terrible look. And I understand that... These are basically two separate pots of money. Like, they're getting the tens of millions from boosters who are just sick of Tom Herman and don't like him and want him to go to pay for that. But the same boosters could also be asked, hey, we got to lay off Betty in the secretarial pool, and we got to lay off Fred in facilities management, and we got to lay off Archie in media relations. How about a million for them? No. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We need $24 million to get rid of the coach because Texas A&M's doing great and we're only doing pretty good here. It is to me it's it's really insulting uh at a time like this uh in in American higher education and in athletics and it's just it's it's really it's an unfortunate thing. And yeah, you're hiring a guy who <laughs> if if they could have gotten Urban Meyer, okay. That's a little more justifiable yes. because then you say, yes. we're going to get a guy who's won three national titles and can win another one. You're hiring Steve yeah. Sarkeesian, who, yes, five years ago was run out of a dream job at USC. And, I, you know, for Sark's sake, I hope he's, his life has turned around. He's, he's done a great job at Alabama, and I, I hope he succeeds. It's a nice redemption story. But the whole thing, the context of this just smells. Do, do I have the record right? Something like Tom Herman, something like 32-14 and 14 and 4-0 and in bowl games. Yeah, I think the thirty-two and fourteen or thirty-two and eighteen. I'm not. I'm not sure which still, one. But um, still pretty good. Still pretty no, good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and the, here you go. Know, the other part of this that drove me crazy is, of course, that they they announced that you know Tom Herman is our coach on December twelfth. What happened five days later? National Signing Day. So Tom, you and your staff, you bring in the top a top twenty recruiting class. We'll sign them, lock them in, and then we're getting rid of you. You know, I mean, like the first thing they should have done after hiring Steve Sarkeesian is to announce we are releasing all of our signees from the letters of intent because we basically signed them in a bait and switch tactic under false pretense. And it's not fair to do it to them. So I hope they let them out of their national letters of intent.
It's a big story. I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to get to it on PTI because it happened, you know, four days ago. You know what I mean? We're just not going to get to it. But it's just, you just, you know, you shake your head and you go, wow. Wow. On this one. So anyway, thank you, Pat. Best to the children. Okay. Bye. Pat 40 boys and girls. We will take a break. Uh, We will have email and a jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. This is the policy genius ad. It's a new year. Finally, finally. So let's try to start it off right. If trying to save some extra cash is on your mind, think about reshopping your home and auto insurance rates with Policy Genius. You could save up to $1,055. It's such an odd number, $1,055. I mean, 1000 bucks. you go, oh, 1000 bucks, 1100 bucks. okay. But $1,055, you scratch your head. What are you doing? Think about what you could do with the money you save. You could invest it, buy a TV, put it in a savings account, whatever you want. The possibilities are endless. Who would think of just buying a TV? Really? That's so cool. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius does the rest. They'll compare rates from over 30 top insurers, from progressive to nationwide, we know them, to find the lowest quotes. Their licensed experts will look at all the ways to maximize your savings, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if Policy Genius finds a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll get you switched for free. If you're a homeowner, make 2021 the year you save up to $1,055 by simply reshopping your home and auto insurance. Just head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. This is the ZipRecruiter ad. The best teams start with great talent, but finding the right people would be a challenge. Here's, here's what's interesting. Then they say option to riff. They say to riff, to just do this on your own. Talk about how hard it is to build a high-performing team in sports and all the work it can take. Examples, utilizing athlete assessment software. Look, here's how. You want to build a good team? Don't put in a third-string quarterback at the end of a game where the playoffs are determined by what happens in that game. That's how you build a good team. He deserves those reps. Yeah, Doug Peterson. You know, I know you've won a Super Bowl, but you have one quarterback who hates your guts. And if I was the other quarterback, I'd hate your guts now, too. When it comes to hiring, I've, I've, I've riffed a little too much. When it comes to hiring for your business, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast, from healthcare to manufacturing to business services and more. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com Tony. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with just one click. And then ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to send you the most qualified people for your job. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. It's too bad Doug Peterson won't have, have to post on ZipRecruiter. Doug Peterson's going to keep his job. But that was, there was no integrity to that. Right now, I, again, I'm riffing. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, listeners to this high-quality podcast can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. They don't want me to spell ZipRecruiter. They want me to spell Tony. ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email faxes and notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all you folks.
It's great. It's hot pink hangover. It's great. It's just great. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagels ad? Oh, yes. Thank you, uh, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. we got the bagel sandwiches today. Always excited about that. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com to find a location in the D.C. area nearest you and then stop on in and you will be thrilled. I guess that's just about it for us today. But before I get to the mailbag, let me say, and this is what Nigel wrote. It feels so good to be back here at the Dexter Lake Club. We'd like to do a tune now entitled Shamalama Ding Dong. Michael, do the... So hit it. Right. So it's Dexter Lake Club. I always thought it was the Deaf Delay Club. I, I mean, I never knew it was the Dexter Lake Club. That is obviously from Animal House. It's wonderful. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. Thanks to our sponsors, Policy Genius, Brooklyn, and ZipRecruiter, FitBod. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get show, show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Claire Natola, she'd like to thank the more than 50 Littles from across the country and overseas who contributed to the fourth annual Little Elves holiday fundraiser. This year was the most successful drive so far, raising over $3,000 for Rocco's Warriors, the charity named in memory of Robert Berg's dear nephew, Rocco. The funds raised go directly to patients and their families in the pediatric oncology ward of Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. The generosity of the Littles is heartwarming. Many thanks to you and the gang for bringing us all together, and Happy New Year to one and all. And, Michael, you'd like to add. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Claire, for that email, and thank you to all of our listeners for, for your support. I encourage you to go find the Rocco's Warriors Facebook group where you can learn more about this. And with Rob's, Rob Colpian's help through the shop, we are going to donate some proceeds from sweatshirts through the month of January that people buy to this uh, great cause. Uh, and, and as you read more about Rocco's Warriors, ugga mugga. Yeah, okay, that's good. And uh, from Sandra Rohde, I'm a longtime listener, first-time emailer. I thought you'd like to send a hearty lachiserie out to Jolene Wojcik from Grand Island, Nebraska, who goes to the Masters every year. She had surgery. She'll be recovering for the next six weeks. Obviously, she'll be listening. Uh, I'd love to tell you more, but I hate to get up 10 minutes before the bread broadcast uh, and pull three things out of my behind. <laughs> love having the old gang back. You know, it's just a lovely, lovely email. Now let's get to other things. From Stephen Petri or Petrie in Centennial, Colorado. Your opening about Gene McManus remind me of a humorous Thanksgiving story from a few years back. My 81-year-old mom is named Jean. In 1968, when I was five, she remarried after my father had passed from leukemia prior to my first birthday. My stepfather, 16 years my mother's senior, had six sons from a prior marriage. The four oldest sons were effectively peers of my mother, the oldest being only two years younger than my mother. In short, these men were not going to call my mother mom. So what do you call your father's new wife? For some unknown reason, they settled on calling my mom Jeannie. These were the only people I ever knew who called my mom Jeannie. My stepdad never called her Jeannie. Fast forwarding 45 years or so after my stepfather had passed away, I was hosting Thanksgiving dinner. In attendance were several family members, including my mother and one of my stepbrothers. At one point during the dinner, my stepbrother said, Hey, Jeannie, would you please pass the potatoes? I barely recall this part of the story with all that was happening at the table. What I do recall, however, happened next. My mother, all 90 pounds of her, passed the potatoes to my stepbrother and then stated about as loudly as she could, It's Jean, goddammit! <laughs> The air was sucked out of the dining room. My mother left the table for a few minutes before returning with a cocktail and an apology. She then regaled us with a hilarious story of how she endured years of internal strife for being called Jeannie, hating every minute but never saying a word. My stepbrother just laughed and laughed as he clearly meant no harm, but just also never knew. I wish you all a happy new year. From Tom Lewis in Fishers, Indiana. While I appreciate Jean trying to restore the original dignified pronunciation of her given birth name, I feel it is simply too late. She's like a beloved hockey player. So for me, much like Otzi and Ovi, she will always be Jeannie. <laughs> Happy New Year to the whole gang. 
from Keith Borland in Kenmore, Washington. I have to say the opener of Thursday's show with Jean and Dr. Tony's poor pronunciation of her name really struck a chord with me. Although my name is seemingly easy to read, I've been on the receiving end of many awkward interactions involving mispronunciations of my seemingly easy to learn name. The worst example occurred when I met a gentleman at a bar I used to frequent to watch football. We became acquaintances, often talked at length about sports. Despite me telling him my name was Keith several times, he always referred to me as Kevin. This continued for some time until one day he overheard someone mention my name and out of nowhere he asked me if my name was indeed Keith. I told him yes and he exploded with, why have you been letting me call you Kevin all this time? I eventually lost touch with him but can only assume he's somewhere out there driving a Subaru and has probably lost money due to his inability to properly enunciate corner curio cabinet. Respect to Gene. Like to I feel your pain. <laughs> From Eric Nance Woller in Madisonville, Kentucky. Does Tori actually go by Tori? Does Gary go by Gar? Actually, this Genie Gene thing goes way back. Bob Ryan is Bobby. Richard Justice is Richie and so forth. I seem to remember you're sometimes even referring to Mike Lupica as Mikey here and there, but I might have made that up. Whatever. It's like they're all your neighborhood friends from a game of stickball. It's sweet. Single TVs and cars per household. Yes. How many bathrooms did your family have when you were growing up? In conclusion, I would listen to at least a week of podcasts strictly devoted to Gene and Gare's present rec pleasant recollections of trips on White's Ferry. Um, from Mary Judkins. In French, Joan of Arc would be Jean d'Arc. Jean d'Arc. And from Matt Welge in Naperville, Illinois. I wanted to write you again to chime in and offer an endorsement and vote in favor of including all of your team members like Chris, Gary, and Jeannie, Jean, Joan, Johnny, or whatever you want to call this so-called close personal friend. I'm also equally shocked that no one has mentioned how good James Carville sounded. Not only could I hear his voice adequately, I was also able to understand 98% of what he was saying without having to slow down the podcast to one time speed. This miracle could only mean one of two things. It's the end of days for all of us. So 2021 may actually be slightly better and something to look forward to. Let's hope for the latter. And I would like to raise a glass and wish you and yours a blessed and happy new year. Lachiserie. James Carville, two and one on bowl games nobody had ever heard of. The monkey, two and one, is now at 500. Oof. Chuck Todd, five and two, still below 500. And Jeff Ma, two and three, still above 500. Just keeping you all up to date on that. Uh, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the micro wave. <laughs>
Then my dream does.